Well, hello there, and welcome to the 200th episode of the Zen Founder Podcast. Rob and I had planned this kind of fancy commemorative episode where we reflect together about all of our favorite episodes and what we think the podcast has accomplished. But it turns out that between the holidays and um, our pretty busy schedules, it's been really tricky for us to sit down and do a highly reflective, thoughtful 200th episode. So I'm going to go it alone. We plan to talk through the issues faced by startup founders and the people close to them. That overused phrase, work-life balance. It is an amazingly focusing time. This is what we do, you know, aside from our families, this is our whole work life. I'm also known as Dr. Wine. or her significant other would both get value from the episode. We started the podcast about four years ago after a talk that I gave at MicroConf about the mental health challenges of being an entrepreneur. And I think that an original talk was called Don't Burn Up in the Launch. And it was really focused on tech startups and how to try to preserve some semblance of sanity in the pressure of doing a startup. And the talk was like surprisingly well-received. People really responded. There was a lot of engagement and it, it seemed really clear, especially four or five years ago, that there needed to be more of a conversation about mental health within the startup community. And given my relationship with Rob and Rob's interest in continuing to develop founders through MicroConf, through Micropreneur Academy, through other things that he was involved with, we thought it might be an interesting partnership to have the founder plus the clinical psychologist reflecting together about the mental health challenges, but also strategies for coping with the challenges that go along with doing a startup or running a business. So the original goal was to normalize mental health conversations among the entrepreneurial community. So we started that pretty early on. Our fourth episode was an interview with Greg Bagaz, who gave a talk at Business of Software about his experience with depression, well, really with bipolar disorder and ADHD, but with mental illness in general. And then we've had a number of episodes that have touched on depression, but then several that have focused pretty deeply. Those are the interviews I did with Rand Fishkin, which is, I think, number 158, Zach Holman, 156, Jake Tyler, 191. These have all been deep dives into how founders of companies of different sizes, of different success levels, have experienced depression and what they've done when they've really been at the lowest points of their mental health experience. We've talked in those episodes about how depression shapes your ability to run a business, your ability to think. And then those folks have shared about what was helpful. Jake Tyler walked around the UK, literally 3,000 miles. Uh, Rand Fishkin went to a great therapist and took medication for a while, went somewhat the traditional treatment route. Each of the people that we've talked with about their mental health struggles have had kind of a different way of bouncing back or recovering. As part of that mental health conversation, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about in the podcast was the conversation about suicide. That's not something that's easy for people to talk about, but it is part of life 
for some families. It's part of life for some businesses. And thoughts about suicide are certainly common among the founder community as they are among other people. So we started off the podcast with a couple, a two-part series really focused on suicide where I interviewed my friend Brian Castle about the loss of one of his founder friends to suicide. So that was episodes 12 and 13 early on. And then more recently in episode 157, I interviewed my friend Kim about the loss of her husband to suicide. And he was an early stage founder and received the wrong kind of mental health intervention. And it went went bad really quickly. And ultimately, he was lost to suicide. And then in episode 172, I talk with psychiatrist Dr. Jeff Clark about his strategies for meeting people where they are when these kinds of dark thoughts begin to enter into their awareness and when suicide becomes something that is in the psyche of a founder. So over the course of the last four years, I feel relatively satisfied that we have pushed forward the conversation about mental health in the entrepreneurial space. I now attend events where like a lot of people are talking about mental health, where I meet other people who are coaches or mental health professionals who are focused on entrepreneurs and thinking about how to keep the startup and other entrepreneurial communities healthy and well in the midst of the high intensity of running a business. There's also been some conversation in the podcast about whether having some kind of mental health concern, we might categorize it, some kind of difference in the way that you experience the world, maybe hyper-focus in your mind or the ability to hop from one idea to another very quickly or the ability to operate multiple tracks of thinking at one time. Those are things that might fit into the diagnostic category of something like ADHD or bipolar disorder. So We've asked the question whether that's not something that actually helps people succeed as entrepreneurs. And so we see a higher prevalence of people who could be categorized as having a mental illness within the founder community. I had that conversation in episode 63 with Dr. Michael Freeman, who's a researcher out of UC San Francisco. And he, to my knowledge, and I've not seen anything to the contrary, he's the only one who's done a very systematic survey looking at the prevalence of mental health concerns within the entrepreneurial community. So that was a a great interview to be able to do with him. So mental health was one of the goals. We also wanted the podcast to address issues related to working well. So we talk about Zen Founder as a podcast that talks about work, family, and life. So the working well components. There have been times when we've talked about productivity, we've talked about anxiety management, how to have hard conversations in the context of your work relationships. I must confess that some of my favorite episodes have been about vacation or play, so things that aren't necessarily associated with how to eke more productivity out of your day, but in all honesty, our conversations that are essential to helping you work sustainably over a long period of time. I felt some pressure to focus more heavily on productivity and productivity hacks. And I think one of the tensions is I know that that's really important and a lot of founders are really interested in it, but it's just not my specialty. It's not my deal. It's not what I care about. Not that I don't care about it, but it's just 
I'm not the person to speak to that. So that's for the Tim Ferriss show. That's for other shows where people are working to optimize every moment of their lives. And I think that's been something that has perhaps impacted the growth of the show in that I tend to take a very long-term, big picture, meta-level view of what it means to work well. And so those hacks and tips and tricks, although they exist and some of them are helpful, that's just not the center point of my work. And it's not the thing that I talk about super often. I like to talk much more about having sustainable work habits, having, having sustainable relationships at work, which is, of course, a little bit less actionable and perhaps a little bit more existential. And the third bucket that we've really worked to talk about on the podcast has been this topic of family. Obviously, I think that's one of the unique parts of having a podcast that's co-hosted by a husband and wife team. And we've been able to reflect some on our experiences of doing this entrepreneurial life together, first with Rob as the primary entrepreneur, then with me joining the entrepreneurial game and the ways that that has brought complexities and also great gifts to our life in our family. I think one of our my favorite episodes is the episode about onboarding your spouse. That was pretty early on. It was episode 45. And we have, of course, talked about raising entrepreneurial kids, how to talk to kids about things like money and writing and get them into the game. We've not really talked so much about work-life balance as much as the importance of being integrated and being fully present with whatever it is you're doing, the invitation to love your work, but also enjoy time with your family. As I reflect back on the last almost four years of doing the podcast. A lot of personal change and ups and downs have happened for us, much of which we've included in the podcast in one way or another. Of course, the process of selling Drip, which was episodes 75 through 77, we talked about moving across the country and kind of reinventing ourselves midstream. And then later on in the podcast, we talked about the process of leaving Drip and of the transitions that Rob has gone through professionally. In the midst of all of that, in episode 146, we talked about acquiring a new child and the tremendously difficult decision that we faced as we thought through whether or not we wanted to upend our lives by opening our home to a kid that needed a family. And then more recently, I did an episode really reflecting on my father's death and how that shaped me as an entrepreneur and shaped my ability to do my work and to, I don't know, I guess, think about and reflect on my life. So this is one of the things that I have loved about doing the podcast, even though it's sort of a one-sided conversation. The times when we've recorded those episodes that are more personally about our family, I don't know that they like sell well. I don't know that they really help grow the audience or push the podcast forward, but, but they do create relationships with you, with people who are listening. People reach out, they contact me on Twitter or email and there's a little bit more sense of living life alongside 
our peers, those of you who are out there who are running businesses and also, you know, losing parents and having things happen in your family, having people get sick selling companies. I think that that's one of the things that is hardest about the podcast is to put your life out there in that way. But I also think is perhaps most valuable and on most days I'm most proud of is the willingness to be somewhat vulnerable and honest about the challenges and the ups and downs that go along with, I think, a pretty normal family entrepreneurial story. I've never thought that Rob and I are deeply exceptional in the ways that we do things or think about things. If anything, there's some exceptionality in the willingness to reflect on them and talk about those topics publicly. And it hasn't been just us who have been willing to be vulnerable. The origin stories series that we do in the summer, every summer I interview six to eight entrepreneurs about their experiences growing up. And those have been some of the most, I think, inspirational episodes for me. Some of the very early on episodes interviewing Heath and Shah and Steli Efti, recognizing that both of them had lost parents quite young, talking with Chris Lemma about feelings of loneliness and feeling isolated, but then turning that pain point into being like a super networker. Talking with Natalie from Wildbit about the experience of being from an immigrant family and then starting a company with her husband when she was very, very young and in a very young relationship. Listening to Dan Martell break down when I asked him what he was thinking when he was being loaded into a police car after getting arrested as a teenager. Talking with Ruben Gomez about his first programming class and he walked into the JC where it was being taught and he just wasn't sure how to turn the computer on. He'd come from a background with very little, obviously, technical exposure and where he was beginning to dabble in the not-so-legal entrepreneurial endeavors. But yet he found programming and was amazingly good at it and has built a fantastic business and a fantastic life. Listening to Cheryl Gillihan talk about growing up in abject poverty and how that's shaped all of her decisions as a founder to really pursue projects, to run businesses that support the work of nonprofits that are serving people in poverty. And one of my favorite episodes is the conversation with Sol Orwell about how he chose his own name, sort of marked his own identity as an entrepreneur. And Tony Perez talking about how the Marines shaped him as a founder got him ready for all of the hard things that he would have to do. So man, if you have not done a deep dive into the origin stories episodes, I really like them. Um, I think the stories are really interesting. Even the ones that are maybe less dramatic um, when you really sit down with someone and talk to them about how they got to where they are and the kinds of experiences that shaped them as children. I feel really privileged to have had those kinds of conversations with the founders that I've interviewed. So we're at episode 200. And I have to be honest, I have been really struggling going back and forth for the last, gosh, probably since September, the last three or four months, trying to decide if I want to keep doing the podcast. The show does pretty well. The average download is about, well, it's 3,075 per episode. So people are listening. There's certainly some engagement with it, but it's not really grown 
the listenership hasn't grown, the email list hasn't grown. Of course, these are the metrics by which people evaluate the value of the activity that they're doing. And I've never done Zen Founder. You know, it's never been something that has made a lot of money. In fact, it, it costs money every time we record. But um, I've done it because I wanted to do it, because it was important, because I felt like it needed to exist in the world. And four years ago, there really wasn't another podcast, uh, maybe re Reboot, Jerry Coloma's podcast. But that was really the only one that was talking much about, I guess, the inner life of the entrepreneur, talking about the, the psyche, the soul, the struggles. And that's more prominent in the conversation now. Many, many founders have talked about, you know, Tim Ferriss has talked about his own experiences with depression and suicide. Gary Vee's in on that. Like, and I think that's really important and really good. I think it's left me wondering, like, huh, how much am I adding to the conversation? How important is it really to keep doing it? Or has the need to put it out there in the world, is that just no longer important in the same way that it was, you know, four years ago when we started? I think the other challenge in considering whether or not to continue has been that I think Rob is done. <laughs> that as he is ramping up with his new venture with Tiny Seed, it's becoming clear that there just is not time or, or mental space to continue doing the two podcasts and hosting microconference, sort of all the things he's doing. So I think we are at least in the midst of a transition as Rob steps back and as I continue on by myself. When we started Zen Founder, it was really a side gig for me. It was, it was a hobby project. And at that point, I had my academic career and was working at a clinic. And of course, now my work with entrepreneurs is the primary focus of my professional life. So I'm busy with speaking and consulting and working one-on-one -on -one with folks surrounding their mental health issues. So I've done a much deeper dive into the topics that we cover in the podcast. And I think the interaction between the material in the podcast and between my consulting work and speaking work has been really helpful and good. But it's also been quite a lot of output, especially as I am you know, raising the three kids and, and homeschooling one of them. So my plan at this point is to continue on with the podcast, but rather than weekly, every week, shipping faithfully to move the frequency of the episodes to essentially once every two weeks, like twice a month. And while Rob won't be on every week, he will certainly pop in here and there. Probably not much unlike what he has done in the last six months. If you've been listening consistently, you'll notice that Rob hasn't been on nearly as much as he once was. So we're going to shift things up a little bit. I'm hoping for some sort of infusion of new ideas to try to continue to bring relevant and important conversations to you, the folks that listen to the podcast. But I'm also continuing to listen with my entrepreneurial and, I guess, wise ears to ask the question, is this still valid? Is this still valuable? Is it still a service to the community? Is it still important? Is it helpful? So moving forward, if you have things that you'd love to hear me or perhaps even Rob tackle, questions you'd like to ask or topics you'd like us to address, please don't hesitate to get in touch and let me know about those. Otherwise, I will look forward to being in your ear
about twice a month. So don't unsubscribe. Hang in there. I'm still here just a little bit less often. It really is a privilege to be able to have a voice in the larger founder community and to be able to be a voice in in your head, in your earbuds. And I really want to honor that and honor your time by carefully curating content that's interesting and helpful to you. So thank you so much for listening and to 200 episodes of the Zen Founder Podcast. And we will see what the future holds, but I will be back with you in two weeks. Wait, you didn't think we'd do our 200th episode without me chiming in, did you? I'm really proud of what Sherry and I have put together over the past four years and, you know, our original goal of talking about mental health in founders and talking about family struggles and talking about just all the things that I I feel like no one else is paying much attention to. You know, it gets mentioned here and there. I hear it in a conference talk. I hear it in one interview, but we really wanted to be the people who kind of brought this to the forefront. And frankly, I wouldn't have been the person to do that. Um, I don't have the skills, knowledge. I I was going to say experience. I guess I do have the experience to talk about how painful it was, but not even the, the expertise to figure out how to, how to go through these hard things, these hard experiences and not just crumble under the weight. And, you know, it wasn't until Sherry wanted to, to get into talking about this, that it made a lot of sense, I think, for the, for the two of us to sit down and do it. So I'm super happy with, with the body of work that we've put out in the world over the past four years. And I expect it to, to live on, you know, obviously people can still discover it in iTunes or Stitcher or the podcatcher of your choice. And I have to be honest, I'm really proud of Sherry, you know, before Zen founder, Sherry had not embarked on something like this, where she dove headlong in without a team, essentially became an entrepreneur as Zen founder unfolded and learned what it's like to, to build a personal brand and do it via podcasts and social media and manage an email list. There's so much that she took on that was new and that I've, I've just been really impressed with how she has risen to the occasion and been so generous, you know, with her knowledge and experience and willing to help people and also willing to, to get outside of her comfort zone and, and push herself to become, you know, a better person and a a better entrepreneur herself. And we've been able to put less ephemeral things out into the world too. Like Sherry wrote her Zen Founder Guide to Founder Retreats and Sherry and I co-wrote the Entrepreneur's Guide to Keeping Your Together. We did an in-person retreat. Sherry did several remote Zen tribes, groups. I mean, there, a lot came out of this that I think has been valuable learning for Sherry and I. And I think has been valuable learning for, for folks who have followed the podcast. And, and, you know, the podcast will continue. It, it will just be in, in a different form as Sherry really figures out what, what the next steps are for her. And as we've talked about, my next steps are moving and, and growing quickly and shifting. And that is one reason that I will be, you know, less available to participate. My secret hope is that I will still be a special guest now and again and have, you know, even more interesting updates. Cause when you don't hear from someone for a month or two, and then, you know, they come on a show, you can hear a lot more about what's been going on. Cause so much more transpires. So, so my plan is to still be involved with the show now and again. And of course I will continue to be a fan. Thank you so much for your support and allowing us to be in your earbuds over these past four years. It's been a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Zen Founder. Our theme song is A New Beginning by bensound.com, used under Creative Commons.